26. I have to remember the number of the episode. All right, here we go. Uh, thank you for uh, coming in and listening to the Sensational Show, the Sensational Podcast. It's at Sensational Show on Twitter and uh, other social medias like uh, Instagram, etc. Well, only Instagram and Twitter, honestly. And I don't even use the Instagram, so I don't even care if you look me up there. Uh, but episode 26, we have... Uh, uh, how do I describe this person? He's a fullback. Somehow he gets made fun of for being a fullback. I don't know. The guy played major college football. I don't know how you make fun of somebody because he played fullback. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I played fullback for half a year once. We'll, we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, but I'd like to welcome James Coleman, um, FSU fullback, uh, also of the Sports Den and the uh, MFTK charities, and I, I really have wanted to speak to James. We've been we go back and forth a little bit on Twitter and kind of uh, pretty friendly and joke around and stuff like that. But uh, he's a real interesting guy for a bunch of other reasons that you probably don't know. And I kind of I wanted to talk to him about it. I wanted to dive in about it, and it came at a good time too um, to have a spot for him to come on because a couple other things have happened that. James has been involved with recently, which is, uh, of course, the unfortunate passing of, uh, of Bobby Bowden. Um, great coach. You know, I'm sure that was, uh, was very difficult to go through. Also the charity work that he does with his foundation, um, and school's about to start. So we're going to get into that a little bit. And then also, uh, my man, James went viral a little bit yeah. on, uh, on a little Tim Tebow topic. So James, uh, thank you for popping on with me. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, I, you know, I just, I'm recovering. Uh, I'm recovering from COVID um, pneumonia. I was in the, in the hospital for 10 days. Um, I'm 15 days out. Um, the best weight loss plan you could probably get. Is, um, <laughs> not, not one that you recommend though, I'm sure. Yeah, if you live, if you live, I got four, I dropped 40 pounds. So, um, wow. you know, it's, uh, yeah, I've always I've been a large mammal for most of my life. Um, I'm still I'm still large, but I'm just not, <laughs> just not as wide or broad as I as I used to be. And and you know, and then people if people understood how I became a fullback and you know and the whole journey with that and and the fact that people even know who the hell I am is like just amazing to me. Like I I just you know it just goes to show you that you know. You know, people like nobody's trolling nobody's. So like so like that. Right. That's the, no, that's true. That's, that's very true. 
and we used to have a there was a a company when I was at Florida State that was called Gator Hater. They made the t-shirts. And it was like, and at that time, we were doing pretty good. Um, we may not be your favorite team, but we can whoop your favorite team's ass. And I was just like, I probably scored a touchdown on your favorite team. So, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, <laughs> you can – or, like, a lot of people do now. And I try not to big league people because I'm lucky enough to have friends who – are famous and other like are legit famous and or just like I have friends like I'm okay with how much money I make but I have friends who are legit like multi-millionaires and like I'm like I don't believe in paying for meals with people who are richer than me like somebody like if you're asking me to go out but you you just you you foot the bill but you know you could always at the end of the day you, you type in James Coleman fullback you're going to get a bunch of pictures of me and not, I can't, I don't know how to do that for other people. So like, um, you know, it doesn't bother me. I laugh at it and, and actually tend to use it and tweet back. It thick skin. A lot of it is because I played twice in Ben Hill Griffin stadium. And you got- <laughs> <laughs> those, those fans are like, 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 you're like, shit, they're right there, bro. Like, can y'all yeah. act this up just a little bit so I can have, like give me a warning track or something? But like, no, those fans are like right up on you, and and when you when, when you guys are loud, man, you're you're loud and creative. I will give you that. You're very creative. Yeah, there's not like much when you're on the sideline. There's not much room between the sideline and the first row of the stands on right behind the bench. Like, there's not a lot of room. That's yeah. really really close. And you did you played in the swamp. Um, and we beat you one year in Dope Campbell. Ron Zook beat you in 2004. How's that taste? Um, you know, that's not, so like, here's, I can't speak for everybody, but I know this is how we thought. Um, and we were coming off of the, off of the, I'm the, 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 the transition right before the bottom fell out with bottom. So like, right. But we're you got people don't understand like Bobby went from dynasty, four years of what FSU fans called mediocre, but we won three ACC championships. Should have won four in 04. Um, that was yeah. the year that um, Virginia Tech and Miami came over, and we didn't have the conference championship. We just had the um, whoever had the better record at the end of the year right. um, play. But they were in the we were obviously split division, so we should have played. Um, but we, we, um, we crapped the bed against Maryland, right? The game before. And had we beat Maryland, we're probably top five BC. No, we were top five when we went to Maryland, if I remember correctly. We're probably in the driver's seat to go to the BCS National Championship. We would have paid more focus, trust me. <laughs> we knew in 04 that Virginia Tech, because their record wasn't great, was going to the Orange Bowl and we were going to the game. So yeah. we played for we called it so like to to kind of go forward 05 when we played in the ACC championship, we our season kind of fell out. We backdoored our way into it. But we knew if we lose to Virginia Tech in this game. We're playing in Boise, Idaho at the Potato Bowl or whatever. <laughs> and I, I think, I don't know if we, if Florida State had ever up to that point 
or at least in my mind, I'm used to January 1st bowls, like mm -hmm. Christmas day. And I've never been away from my family outside of my one year in New Orleans for Christmas. So I don't know what that's like. So one, that was motivation plus the per diem. We knew what the per diem was for the orange bowl. If we win the per diem. Very different. Here per diem for the orange bowl is $2,500. So $2,500. So people say college football players don't get paid. You get per diem. Like that's paid. Or right. And some crappy bowl gifts. The bowl gifts for the orange bowl were really, really nice. And a ring, but you know, the rings are cool. But like, we went out that thing and, and slapped Virginia Tech around purely because none of us had ever been to Idaho. Had no intentions of going. So, mm -hmm. like, that was like, so again, so going back to the get to, and we had beat Florida, like, you know, we talk about the streaks, and I, I believe it was like five years in a row. Even when Rex, all the Florida fans talk about Rex Grossman, the year he should have won the Heisman, if I remember correctly, yeah. won. So, like, we're, we're like, all right, man, whatever. You know, Zook on the way out. But they fought and they played good. And we had the whole Chris Riggs, why Sexton saga. Had he played Chris probably the whole time, we probably would have won. People mm -hmm. are back. Chris, Chris does, did one thing very well in college, and that's beat the Gators. Just couldn't beat yeah. When you look at what Miami had, like, those guys are like – I played against, I want to say, 13 first-rounders on defense. Not the entire team. Just right. defense in my four years, like – I don't even understand why we were on the same field as that team. That team underperformed. And that's why I always laugh at Miami fans. I'm like, y'all really talk a lot of trash, but the amount of talent that you had to, to only have five rings. And yeah. um, like now that fifth ring, I was a junior in high school, I believe, or senior. Like, don't nobody care about that damn ring no more. Oh, you're, you're, it's you're, 20, you're, 20 years ago now. It's been 20 years. I'm like, it's cool to say that, but you know who else at this point, you know who else has five rings, I believe? Harvard. Um, you know, if you go back when football was first, like right eventually we're gonna be like, hey, you're trying to get us to go back when football was first played to count your rings. Pittsburgh has five yep. rings. But that was all in the 80s. So, anyways, though, going back to that, that Ron Zook, Zook was a hell of a recruiter. Zook actually called my mom and um like she, but she told him I wasn't going to Hogtown because she's not from Florida. My family's transplants. So they're from New Jersey. She went to Florida A&M and that's where she met my father. And the, the 80s is when all like, well, Florida had already been doing their thing, but the 80s is when FSU and Miami rose to dominance. Um, mm -hmm. It looked like, you know, FSU and my, it, it's kind of like, have you seen the 30 for 30? With um Jalen with, with um the Fab Five and Jalen Rose, yeah, oh yeah, Duke, like Duke is where you got to have two parents. You got to have two parents to go to Duke. Michigan was where the inner city kids came and had a good. It looked like the inner city kids went to FSU in Miami, and like mm -hmm. Florida was like stuffy and you wore a suit with your tie. But like yeah, but I was saying so like Florida just seemed like all right. That's where the well-to-do Negroes go. Like we're gonna like groom these guys and they're like here and. And FSU and Miami, like, they're doing backflips in the end zone. They're dancing. It's like their coaches, like, understood the culture and allowed us to play. And, and, and as I've gone, gotten older and I've gotten a chance to, like, actually, it's funny. Like, I don't think fans understand the rivalry to the extent that they do. Like, like I, I, I like Jacquez Green. Like, Jacquez Green is a dope person. 
I've Rudell Anthony. I was at his. I was watching a fight two years, three, three years ago, at Sean King's house. Um, and, and he came over and like I've never laughed that hard before. He's freaking hilarious. And we were on <laughs> um, Big Shannon Snell. Um, you know. Is, is is dope um i really like i like like so there's guy i got i get this hat right here was made by your long snapper jeff whitaker who has a company called dome hats so i do yeah. business like you know anyway so it's like you know like, i i didn't know but then like you, you get to know people because you play with them and then you see people in the league and then you play with people and you start having combos and you're like all right man outside of like one time a year you really you're really not that bad of a guy. I hate that. <laughs> um, you know, but like, you know, we, all right. Good. Now they're being creative. I'm sorry. Like nobody ever calls me on Instagram. Like, how do you call somebody on Instagram? I don't, I don't even know how you do that. No, like, oh my God. I'm, sorry, my bad. So. All right. Long story short. That game, that Gator, that, that, that we, we really like the, the Gator game. We were. We were checked out, but we wanted to win. It wasn't like we we didn't go in and just lay down. I don't mean it like that. All press guys who played in that game fought hard, and Ron Zook did a good job. But like, um, and, and for those guys put Ron Zook up on top, and then you know, like, but again, we didn't really expect that to happen. And then after after the loss, it was like it wasn't like I hate to say it was it wasn't devastating. I hated losing the Miami game earlier that year more than that but you know stuff happens yeah and then it seemed like we'll go into uh bobby because obviously played with bobby and 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 what happened uh with bobby last week but uh it kind of felt like do you feel like he kind of left florida state at the at the time that that was kind of cycling down for them because I mean, after 2005, I looked up the records because I don't pay that much attention to like Florida State's history, et cetera, like seasons. But I think 2000, 2004, 2005, you're like eight and five. I think it was your last year. You were probably eight and five. Probably were eight and five. And then it just just seemed like that was that was way beyond what what Bobby and FSU were looking at. Did you think? Did you ever cross your mind that maybe? he maybe have stayed a little too long, like towards the last couple of years, um, trying to get that victory, you know, that, that career victory mark that maybe it was just like, okay, we love you coach. And you're the, you know, the best coach that we could ever possibly have, but well, maybe it stayed a little bit too long. Cause I think that happens in, in coaching. It's happened a lot. I never, I always worried about that with Spurrier. Obviously he left quickly but you could see a time where like Florida would hang on to him a little too long. If he didn't go to the pros, like if he continued to coach and just got older, do you feel like that was kind of happening with Bobby? Did you see that at all? Yeah. And you know, so what happened was if you kind of look at it in the, so like, so it's easy for us to look at it like in, in like a vacuum or like short, Mm -hmm. but when you look at it, like the big picture, so Bobby went 15 straight years top five finishes, right? Then you have um, Chris Rick's freshman year because of a lot of crazy situations that happened for him to start. And then, you know, but even then, freshman All-American, ACC freshman of the year, they still go to the mm-hmm. game. 
but he still finishes second in conference. You have the number one, I believe we were the number one recruiting class in 02, 03, all those things. 02, we come on, ESPN's following us. They have this thing called the season or whatever. And we, um, we, like, what is it? What happened? Oh, we, um, oh, we, 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 we have a really rough road. Like, we have some injury, we have some, the injury to Greg Jones and, Bob, and Jeff Bow, okay, oh, Rick, excuse me, backing up, Rick leaves. And he literally looks at this this thing, and I and I always tell people like he hired the worst, well, then the worst offensive coordinator in FSU's history. And I like Jeff, but yeah. he wasn't any good at his job. I am the type of person I can like you and tell you the truth. Like that's just <laughs> right. Um, he wasn't any good, and he put me in some, put us all in some precarious situations on the football field. But if I'm Bobby in my head, I'm like one of I'm goat status already, right? I'm looking at this 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 roster, I and what we just accomplished and forget um, top five finishes. We went to technically if you go back to '96, we've got he we went to like but four or five natties or games that could be considered national championships in a row, right? Yeah, who's to believe that this is going to stop? He even told us that in '02. You'll probably play for three national championships while you're here. That was one of the recruiting pitches. Like, everybody talks about Saban's recruiting pitch, man. Bobby's recruiting pitch was cold as hell, too. During his prime, and if we had the playoff system, who knows how many national champions, or even the BCS, who knows how many days. But, like, so 01, you play well enough to be able to be the second best in your conference. Fine. Happens. 02, we have a hellacious schedule. Like, we got Notre Dame, Ty Willingham had just become the coach. I think, yeah, he had just become the coach that year, but they were loaded when they were coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Florida, Miami, um, I think Maryland was still Maryland was really good at that point. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, we played, we started off the season against Iowa State with Seneca Wallace and, and playing in a game that was crazy. Um, you know, so like the schedule was, was wild. We go in and we don't. I think we go nine and we go nine and five because we played that first game, so that gave us an extra game. And the only reason he played it was because if we would have went undefeated, we would have been really considered the best college team because we would have been the only fourteen and zero, really, yeah, fourteen fourteen and zero team um, to ever to ever win a national championship. That was the reason why he did it. And we played Georgia in in the Sugar Bowl that year. But we still won a conference, and we still had right. another recruiting class come in with Ernie Sims, who was considered one of the – who's a one um, in Rivals. He's like one of the, five, I think, five perfect prospects in Rivals history. Yeah. So then we come in in, in 03, play Miami um, on Labor Day, if I remember correctly. No, 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 no. That was the point. That was the, 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 the tsunami we played in in Tallahassee. So we lose to them. There's some questionable things that we do in that. And we go to Clemson, top five. Choke against Clemson. Again, don't and, – and this is where, you know, I'll give some – this is where P.K. Sam says Bobby – Tommy was on the ropes. And it was kind of like, all right, I'll hit – P.K. alleges that maybe Ant, you know, nudged him a little bit and said, hey. Yeah. You know, we not – my son don't need to be fired or whatever. I don't know. But all I know is we played uncharacteristically bad. 
had probably one of the worst offensive performances, if I remember correctly, we had against that. And our defense that year was like number one in the nation when it was all said and done. Play Miami again in the Orange Bowl, tough game. You go back and you look at it like, yo, I lost to two teams, one team twice. Okay, we go into 04. We lose three games. We lose, again, that game to Florida came after we lost to Maryland mm-hmm. and came off of a, a one-position loss to Miami. But we finished second at conference, and if we would have – if we didn't – if we make a field goal against Mar- – like, here's the reality. If we make a field goal against Maryland, we're, we're going to beat Florida more than likely, and we're playing in a national championship. So, again, he's not having the standards, and the fans are bitching – but like, yo, really look at how good this team was. And then yeah. in 05, you know, I he had a it was a not a mutiny, but like we had so many seniors between my class and then the class before. And I that's probably like I love all of those guys now in maturity. But then it was probably the worst locker room we had because Wyatt goes through what Wyatt goes through, the crazy shit where he says he's Jesus in the middle of the street. So (laughs) we have completely changed the offense from run dominant to trying to run with Marshall, like a more of a, Bobby wanted to run the spread back then. Um, And we didn't have, and it goes back to like, when you don't have the personnel, this is what Taggart messed up at at Florida State. You don't have the personnel and you try to run something that's a complete paradigm shift to what you're used to running and not gonna work. That's enough. And you're and it's not putting the ball in the hands of your best athletes. So I had I think like a hundred over a hundred yards rushing and six touchdowns. Um Lorenzo had nine hundred and twenty yards rushing, I believe, or something like that. And Leon had like nine eight. So you're really returning two one thousand yard backs and a fullback that and then BJ Dean, the other fullback, has some touchdowns and some things too. You got a loaded backfield. You should with a freshman quarterback. You should yeah. run the ball, throw it second. But you know, we tried to, you know, throw it a little bit too much. And and like now again, today's game, it looked it would look similar to what people are having, but we went eight and five. And if you really look at it, it's the reason why Wisconsin consistently is what they are. They but they have better, but we had better quarterback play and better receivers that special um receivers and things but like their running game is going to get them eight wins every year yeah. and so eight good running game good defense to eight you got to have your quarterback or your offense bail you out for two that gets you where you where you need to be consistently to be an elite an elite team and then you need some luck to get you over the top to the national to a natty but like even in um so and, and another thing that I truly believe is that if Adrian McPherson doesn't have the gambling situation and yeah. get kicked out, we have a, I win two national championships while I'm in while I'm in college. If Anquan Bolden elects to come back in 2003 instead of leaving early, I win a national. I, I probably win a national championship. We beat that. We beat that Miami team. He was that good. Anquan Bolden was the best athlete I've ever seen. If PK Sam doesn't leave early in 03 and comes back in 04, we more than likely beat Maryland. I'm not saying we beat Miami, but we more than likely beat Maryland and we more than likely compete better against Florida. Cause again, I can't, I'm telling you, I think we will win, but obviously Florida won. So I don't know, but right. like these are also things that 
also, O2, Greg tears his ACL against Wake Forest, which is like after the, the week after we played Miami. We go from a, a just crazy machine to now we have to go – like we, and then Nick Maddox messes his ankle up against Wake Forest. So we got to put Leon in, who's a true freshman. They don't want to break Lorenzo Booker's red shirt. Uh, I think we put – um, we brought Willie Reed from wide receiver to the running backs. And then I'm, hell, I'm getting totes at running back. So it's like <laughs> crazy things happen, but that's also, you know, it's not an excuse. But, again, looking at that period, and, and they say that's the start of the lost decade. Three ACC champions, three championships is the start of a decade that's lost. That's that doesn't speak to that team. That speaks to how good damn Bobby was. Like, well, that's it. That says a lot. Of, that says a lot about the standard that he set when right. he win three conference titles in it. And I think that, I mean, so Florida State has three national championships. Bob, well, Bobby's teams have three national championships, but Bobby, if it is, I don't think there's ever been a coach that can say, "Okay, we missed three kicks about. We missed three different kicks to Miami." And we're playing for a national championship, whether you win them or not, but you're playing right. for them. You play us in 96 for a national championship and lose. Right. We beat you at Doak, right? Or yeah, you beat us at Doak, and yeah. then we played again in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So you do that. 98, you lose to Tennessee in the national championship game. Quarterback, Winky. Right. And then um, 2000, you lose to uh, Oklahoma. In the national championship, so there's so right there you could say there's six legitimate other opportunities that he could have won. If he wins half, he has six titles. Like, I mean, obviously the three that he did lose, but I'm just saying, like, there's also a coach. He had so many more. If you add those up, that's what six, seven, eight, nine. Um, he was within a few plays away from playing for nine or ten national championships. And you can encompass that. You say, well, he coached for, what, 35 years or however long he coached, 40. I don't know how many seasons he coached in total. But if you really break down that national championship that we're talking about, we're talking about a period of about 15 years he could have played for nine to ten national championships. You know what we're seeing now? That's like People are thinking Oklahoma is new. Not Oklahoma, excuse me. Alabama is new. That's what, say, like, that's what I'm like. And, again, I'm not knocking. Saban's goatness. Saban is like Saban over there. Saban also has a booster structure that also <laughs> I if dreams about things, it's somebody's job to figure out what he dreamed about and make yeah. it happen. Like yeah. that's crazy. Like he asked for facility like in '96. So imagine if FSU would have went and built an indoor practice facility in 1996. Where would FSU be? in the facility arms race and where would have like what else would have happened because you know it and there's no excuse florida gainesville does the same thing it does the same thing but imagine like the practices that you did miss because of hurricanes and, and lightning storms where you just go inside and then do whatever you need to do like it was you know and florida state was still growing there so there was still plenty of land to develop and like mm -hmm. now developed all this stuff and now there's nowhere to really build like you got a dorm right here where you could have put that dorm on the outskirts of, outskirts of campus indoor practice facility there but you know bobby was just bobby was so good so humble and oh so to talk about like 
you know, him staying too long. I believe it, it wasn't so much that he stayed too long. Nobody back then could have predicted what the business of college football would shift to. Yeah. So Bobby got $2.5 million when I was there. But Bobby got $2.5 million on a handshake contract, basically. Bobby didn't sign like a 10-year, um, what would that be, 10-year $250 million deal or $225 million deal, 10 years, $25 million. He basically said, all right, I'm a coach until I don't feel like coaching no more. And y'all right. going to pay $2.5 million. So there was no severance package. But then comes in um, Mac Brown and, um, and, and Champ, and you got head coach and waiting. So now you got cats pushing you out the door, but they're also paying um, – they're starting to pay assistant coaches more, and head coaches are starting to get paid a lot more. And more guys are making the $2.5 mark. So you got, I mean, so so now it's like, whoa, okay, what the heck is going on? Then comes in Jimbo, and Jimbo comes with all the accolades from LSU and LSU. I don't know if they came up with a national championship or if they won it after he left. I always get confused. But bottom line is Jimbo's coming in with a lot of offensive accolades, and he does know him very well. It's like a second son, which a lot of people don't know. Like when they're like really going at it with Jimbo, and don't get me get it twisted. I hate, I still have some disdain for how he left. But I saw him at the funeral, and it was all love. Um, but now you got guys talking about how he's going to go leave to go to this head coaching spot. So now we got to push Bobby out. Bobby gets pushed out without having a severance package, basically, what we would call in the normal world. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, like, he got blindsided by the business of football, and then they're looking at recruiting. And here's where the shrewdness of Jimbo comes into play because Jimbo had to play it the way he played. Jimbo was in charge of recruiting. And Jimbo is getting the cats in that fit. Like he's asking Mickey, what do you want? So they're starting to turn. You can see them toward the end starting to turn a corner. He's finally right. got the quarterback that he wants. He doesn't have the, um, the Drew Weather for that. That's he wants. He's got the EJ Manuels, the Christian Ponders, the guys that he actually, you know, that he wants to see play. And if I don't push it right now, what happens with with, with what Penn State did with with um with uh Joe Paterno? Paterno, Paterno, yeah. Turn, but then they got some good recruiting classes, and he had his upturn, and now he signed. And now Joe Pa is in the new business era of football. He signs the deal that keeps him in Penn State for longer. So, like, if I don't get if if I don't start making moves, I'm not I, I'm not going to get this big time job. I'm gonna have to go somewhere else. And who knows? Mm -hmm. And it worked out because he has a recruiting class. And FSU is so weird. Where I hope they give Mike the opportunity, even if it doesn't work. You, you got to give him time because we've only known we knew one guy for like forty years, yeah. and then we other guy for because he was with the old guy so we got a chance to have comfort and then boom you bring somebody out of left field that we don't know and we got to try to get to know him and he talks slow and we don't really know what he's if he knows what he's doing and you know now it's you know in a weird racial climate where i don't want to critique him but if i critique him am i this and then people selling lemonade and shit like you know what i'm saying like it gets bad yeah and then you have to then he's not meeting he's not meeting the standard. But in general, the last four years you haven't met the standard. 
So now you got to get rid of him, and then you bring this other guy in, and he does worse. But, you know what I'm saying? Those are the things that, like, we talk about Bobby. But, but consistency, there's something to be said for it. And and winning. Like, again, my position coach was there from – I think Billy was Billy Sexton was there. He played in 79. So Billy had been in there from 79 until I graduated. Until, until, yeah, I think he left, like, a couple years after I graduated. But, like, again, and then Bobby, every one of the – Mickey, I don't even know how long Mickey was there. Mickey was there forever. Yeah. Mickey really the only D.C. that I remember. People have to tell me about, like, I think it's Wally Burnham and, and all these other cats. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know Mickey, and Mickey's the one who has – not saying they don't have the iconic guys, but Mickey's the Marvin Jones, the Deons, mm-hmm. the, 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 the T-Bucks, the Leroy uh, – the, the T-Bucks, you know, guys like that. So all that to say is that, you know, Bobby probably is thinking in his head, like, I got this. It's just nobody – like, I'm still going to bowl games. I'm still going in the living rooms. I'm still getting whoever the hell it is I want. Yep. It's going to come back around. We're just our our downturn. You go to a bowl game. Others downturn. You have like four or five. What we have now, you have like four or five losing seasons, and and you don't get a chance to talk trash to your rival. Yeah. The what did uh, what did Bobby mean to you as as a man from the time that you started playing with him up until um, he passed away? for you what 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 did he mean for you outside of football i mean from 17 to 21 those are the transition years from when you're going from a boy to a man he was the most influential the most consistent actually in my life up to that point and even now he's probably the most consistent male figure that i had in my life right you know at that time you know i was going through that stuff where you hate your father um you know i'm a single parent house i know who my father is so i'm blessed you know more than some people are but you know my father did the best that he knew how to do with the information that was provided for him. I just kind of, it still failed, but he wasn't like, you know, he, he just didn't, he tried his best and it just didn't work. That's kind of how I look mm-hmm. at it. But like, and I don't know any of my grandfathers, but I know Bobby. And what I learned from Bobby is probably the way I move, why I move the way I move now. Um, everybody wants you to change and be who you are or adjust or adapt. Bobby is an old ass white man from Alabama. And he was going into inner city homes and pulling in some of the some black kids from some of the, the harshest and worst environments. And you never, like I tell people, you never seen Bobby, like, you know, let me turn my hat. Let me, let me yeah, do no, ever. I, he was always the old ass white man from Alabama. And he would go into redneck homes and he would go into you know, kids who are fluent. I mean, basically he went everywhere and he was who he was unapologetically and he was excellent at it. And what happens is when you are who you are unapologetically, people won't vibe with it. And if they don't vibe with it, fuck them. Like, now he wouldn't say that, but what I'm saying is he's right. who he is. I'm a Christian. I'm this. Ma'am, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help your son graduate. I'm going to I'm going to also ride for your son like you'll ride for your son. Like, so when you think about when people call us free shoes university, or we again, when you go back and look at all the trouble, really wasn't yeah. like Chris slept through a test because his father was an alcoholic and got kicked out of the house that he was in the night before finals. 
that's some real life shit that you got to yeah. deal with as a night when Chris was probably 20 at that time. Because his father followed him from California. Like, you you went the furthest you can go. Actually, the furthest you could have gone is Miami. But yeah. you went pretty damn far. You went east from the west coast to the east coast. And again, he still didn't meet the standard and there's still no excuse. But again, Chico kill people. And I, and I still play with him on like it, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Urban Chico had a freaking skill set. Like, but you know, but yeah, I'm saying, like, you know, the you know, Sebastian Janikowski, the Peter Ward. Like, you know, all right, you got a hookup on some clothes. That's the first trouble that you ever been in. I'm not gonna kick you off the team for that. Now I gotta punish you, but I'm not gonna kick you off the team for that because this. The only person who got kicked off, unfortunately, is Lavernius, but his nickname was Trouble. Yeah. Like he had been in some other things, and, and he's blossomed and grown from where he's at into a phenomenal businessman in the Jacksonville area too. So it's like, but again, those pillars, and I'm not I'm not a real, I, I, I don't, I'm agnostic. So I believe there's something up there. I'm not necessarily a Christian. You're not gonna find me at a mosque. You're not gonna find me in a church on a Sunday. You're not gonna find me wherever Jewish people go. I don't. I mean, I apologize. I don't know where y'all go. Where, but um, <laughs> but to be me unapologetically and I've got things set up in my life to where if you say you don't rock with me cool you can't affect my money because right. I'm making and you can't affect who I am because at the end of the day that's my legacy and that's how I impact people so like that's the real thing and then Bobby was like a great dad I mean you saw him put on four sons you saw how he interacted with his grandkids you saw how he interacted with his coaches and and it was somebody that I was just like, yo, I can, um, and you saw how much he loved his wife. And like, you would have thought Miss Ann was, and again, this isn't me, she's older than me. So of course, it'd be weird if I wanted to be. She was kind of bad for an old lady, but he, you would have thought Miss Ann was like the baddest thing, the baddest thing walking, the way he talked about Miss Ann. So it's yeah. just, the and then the way he treats people. So you don't even have to have a Bobby story but you've heard a Bobby story that's similar to this. And this is why when people say, I'm it's just a fullback. Let me tell you why it doesn't bother me. Gator Bowl here, his last game. I go up there to play, I go up there to watch their practice because I, I had time off. I go up there with a guy, Bradley Jennings, aka Monster. He's on, he on played at Florida State. First thing I noticed is that Bobby called him Monster. And if Bobby calls you by a nickname like Monster, that means you was a motherfucker. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't play with you because you're crazy. <laughs> so, talks to Monster. And then he's like, Cole, is that you? It's like, Cole, it's been about four years since you played here, huh, son? Mm-hmm. Boy, let me tell you something. I wish you still had some eligibility. I promise you, you're like a, you're one of the top five fullbacks that I've ever had. Boy, you could go in there and you'll just make it go. Man, ain't your sister? How's your sister doing the track? You don't even remember. You're not from here. You from Tallahassee? Why? What are you doing over here, boy? No, okay, you got good business. Okay, that's good. I'm, I'm proud of you, boy. I'm proud of you. Your mama okay? She good? Okay. All right. All right, son. I gotta go go watch this practice and go go do this TV show. I'll, I'll holler at you later. And I was like, damn. Here it is. I'm thinking this man is see now based upon what ESPN told me. This man sharp as a tack. Because how many yeah. black 36s has Coach Bowden seen in his lifetime? Yeah, probably and, a few. <laughs> I had a low haircut. And so I've got dreads. 
I've, I've eaten a little bit because I ate myself out of New Orleans, so I'm a little fluffier. Right. And this man looks at me and tells me stuff. And then I thought, like, maybe that was a fluke. I wasn't that far removed. Then I get in the media and I get a chance to interview him the last three years, actually last four years. Each year that I interviewed him, he said something to make sure that I knew that he knew who I was. Right. And two things that I want on my tombstone, even though I want to be cremated, but whatever they put, I want this place. Bobby said, that Coleman boy ain't no sissy. He will put you in your mouth. I want that on there. And then he said, I've never known James to back down from anything. He's always willing to go in first, and he's always been like that. There aren't, like, I, I, have, a, I, have, a saying, I have a three Fs philosophy, philosophy, and I want people to take this, and you can use this, I promise you. This is me being a motivational speaker, speaker and, help, and, um, and um, mental health or whatever the shit expert. It's three Fs. If you're not feeding, fucking, or financing me, your opinion doesn't matter. Like, again, feeding, fucking, and financing. Like, those are three important things. So, like, again, you're not taking food off my plate. I can't procreate with you. Or you're not, like, helping me release stress. And you don't make me any money. So, but outside of that, how many of y'all can even say you're at your regular nine-to-five dropping fries at McDonald's can even say your manager says you're the best fry dropper? It could be the most meaningless position that you could ever think of in your life, which it's not. But I had one of the greatest coaches of all time tell me I'm one of the top five players in a position group that has a who's who of who played that meaningless position. Mm -hmm. I had a guy, Karan Godwin, talk to me once. I was talking trash to him. He played at UNF. He was the all-time basketball, all-time scoring leader at UNF for, for basketball. And I joked with him. I said, yeah, but it's you and them. He said, where you rank on your list of all-time scoring? So and it, it, it was a good comeback. Doesn't matter. You didn't you? have an answer for that one, did you? Yeah, this is just you and them. Okay, cool. Where are you rank at at your school? And again, so like when people say that, I'm like, dude, I look at you. I look at the profile. Like you've done nothing in your life. Nobody knows who you are. So like, but Bobby acknowledges people who you know who you see on TV, who you followed, whose whose documentaries you watched, whose video games you either played against or played with, acknowledge my presence. And I'm so humble that I'm not even finna cut you out about it because I know who I am. And again, I say all that to say I know who I am because for four years in my transition years, I saw an old white man from Alabama never change who he was. He was so secure in his identity that it was like that, that that you have to like you have to be like that. And like when I realized he, that and be successful, man, that's when I was like, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. Was he proud of the <clears throat> because of the things that he did and, and the things that he probably saw you do? Let's talk about your foundation. He had to be proud of your foundation that you run um with well, your community service because that is uh, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Bobby Bowden. I know a little bit about Bobby Bowden. I don't see eye to eye with him on a lot of things outside of football, et cetera, but that doesn't matter. I don't know him personally, so I can't judge him on that. But um, I do know that he did a lot of charity work. 
And I know, like you said, his wife, Anne, was also very heavily involved in charity work in Tallahassee and also in Alabama and different areas. He had to be proud of your charity work. Um, so let's talk about that, because that was that's probably a, one of the reasons I, I really want to talk to you, because I, I just want to say there's nothing that you can do better in this life than you can help other people. And you can make other people and elevate them and lift them to a different standard and a different view of their own life and their own self. And you are integral in that with a lot of these kids with your giveaways and your back to school stuff. And I want to say that I, I follow that. I may not always comment it, uh, comment on it on social media, but I follow it. And I was like, damn, I, even always just looking, I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, man, that's, that's a really good cat doing a lot of good things. So talk about your foundation and, and, and how you view that within your own spectrum of your life and how important that is to you. So when I got done playing, I was in the coaching and get be around kids and you get a chance to try to try to help influence people to go do their dream is. And that's always dope. And again, that coach Bowden, like I'm coming in, you say you want to do this. All right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to play this. And I, and I only coach running back. So I always, and, I, and it's funny in the coaching community in Jacksonville, I'm like the only assistant coach who will tell you what he's not going to do. Don't coach JV. Uh, I'm going to try to be here every day, um, but I'm going to <laughs> have a great relationship with my segment. And we're going to produce. You'll have a thousand. You'll, you'll, you'll every year but one had three thousand. Would have a fifteen hundred yard rusher and another guy who would be close to over a thousand and the two hundred. But the thing is, is my guys understood what they were doing. And when radio and media picked up, I could no longer coach anymore. And I had my son was my son was growing up. I'm back into coaching, but my son was getting older. Um, Trey and I wanted to be a dad, and I went. And then I, then I had Killer, um, and he's again, he's about to be three. And then so I'm like, I want to be with my kids, but I'm watching. So Trey, I thought, I thought my kid went to a. Um, first, I thought because of where we live, he's. I'm, I'm not sure how this is going to work because my son, there isn't very many people in my neighborhood who look like me, like where I grew up. Right. So, but then I go to my, I, I go to my, and I go to my son's school. He's like one of. It's three, it's three black kids in this class, and they and they're full. They had thirty, they had thirty kids, and I sent my kids to public school because I refused to pay what my college was worth for a freaking elementary school education. So his mother went and found this book bag, and it was um by a company called Blended Designs out of Jacksonville. It says I can do anything, and it has a picture of him, and he's five. He's like, man, I don't want to see that. I want <laughs> man book bag. And I told her, why did you buy this $40 book bag when the Spider-Man book bag is $10? Just get them a Spider-Man book bag like normal kids. She was like, no, this is something that will have positive impact, whatever. I'm like, whatever. Just whatever. So Trey goes to his class. He sees it. He goes to his class. He's mad. She's like, if you go here and you don't like it, try it for a week. Don't like it, we'll go get your Spider-Man bag this weekend. Deal. Goes in. All the other kids got all the superhero book bags. Trey goes in there. They're like, yo, how did you get yourself on the book bag? I want one of those. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, my son's like, now, and he, he's like his dad. He hates school. Even at kindergarten, he hates school. And now he wants to go to school because of a damn book bag. And I'm sitting here like, damn. Everybody got to have motivation. So when I saw that, and then I'm looking at 
you know, some of the kids that I've coached, they can't get in school because of grades, like me. Like, I almost didn't get into college. And I'm looking at a lot of this stuff, and I'm like, man, what can I do to get kids motivated about learning? And then I sat back, and I was having a convo with my mom, and I was like, what can I do to try to, like, you know, you know, what were the reasons why I got in trouble? What were the mm -hmm. mistakes I did when I got in trouble? And I thought about it. Every decision that I've ever made, even as an adult, that's piss poor comes to lack of preparation and being hungry. So I was like, oh, okay. What can we do to help kids be as prepared as possible and not be hungry? Then quarantine hits. So I'm mean, actually, this is what I'm thinking, but then quarantine and every the world shuts down. I turned 36, I'm 37, but I turned 36 last year. So I was I didn't have a 35th birthday like most people do. I wanted to have my jersey day. I was gonna turn up, party in Tallahassee, party in Jacksonville, then I'm going to Sasua in the DR and partying with whoever wanna come with me to Sasua in the DR. But forty dollars is forty dollars. And um <laughs> money to go because of what I do and 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 again. Media is dope when you do it at a high level and people rock with you. So I have my media funds. I have my um, my camp funds and other stuff. And then I'm like, man, you know what, dude? I don't know about this COVID stuff, man. And I, I'm going to sit my black ass home. But what can I do with this? And I said, man, you know what? I'm going to buy 100 book bags. So those people told me at Blending Designs that they'll give me 100 book bags at a certain price. Then I looked at how much it was to stock it. And then people just start. And then people were like, you can do nothing back home in Tallahassee. So I said, all right, I'm going to do it. Talk to Coach Bowden. Coach Bowden was like, that's so great. I'm gonna, he, 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 fronted me, he gave me some money for it to get more book bags. So it went from 100 book bags to 350 book bags. Um, with people from the FHS, it was Gators. It was some very people who followed me on Twitter gave a lot of money. And then after something that happened the year before, um, the lady decided to try to call me out and tell me I, I stole money and I had to put, I, I'm like, you know what, I am going to make sure we have pictures, we have everything. That's the, and to be honest with you, that's the only reason I flooded the timeline is two reasons. So somebody called me a thief and, and I'd rather you call me a, you call me a lot of things. Don't call me a bad thing. Don't call me a thief. Because mm -hmm. um, I've never stolen a, a dime of money from anybody. Um, I'd rather not. I'd rather go without than steal money from. And because of what happened with my father, I'm dead to fuck serious about what happens with my kids. Um, so we said that. So we, we put the pictures and also want to inspire, inspire people to do more and do more in their community. And the things that have come in other communities based upon what they saw me do and me helping them, like, get ideas and do other stuff, you know, we pushed forward. But then we did it here. We did it in Tallahassee. And then I'm getting people from Jacksonville. like, well, you live here. Why don't you do it here in Jacksonville? I'm like, man, y'all really going to? I was like, y'all don't know how much. Like, a lot, most of that came out of my pocket. I ain't mm -hmm. got that. I know people what people think, but you know, I I made it looks like I I made picture rich, but I'm far from rich. But then I'm like, if y'all help me, then I'll do it. Um, I talked with Lenny Curry here in Jacksonville, Mayor Curry in the city of Jacksonville, and both of my book bag drops tremendously gave a ton of money that they didn't have to give and resources and connections that they didn't have to give. Um, and we actually put books, uh, motivational books for elementary school kids in the bags for the one in Jacksonville. And each one of those, we gave food. And then I like giving food. And so I hooked up with Share the Love 904, 
me and my guy Bert, we started doing stuff and connecting. We've literally given 75,000, this truck holds 75,000 pounds of food. And almost every week since quarantine, we've given 75,000 pounds of food to people on the west side of Jacksonville. Some, sometimes, it's be, sometimes it's stuff that's too good to be true. Sometimes it's, it's still good, but it's not as good as the week before. But what I found in doing this is that there, there one doesn't have to be a lack of resources, one, because literally this is all stuff that the grocery stores couldn't sell. Yeah. So like yeah. when people say, listen, you're not out in these streets like I am giving back. I'm literally giving food for free to people because the grocery store can't sell it. So if the yeah. grocery store would sell it cheaper, you would actually make more money. Mm -hmm. it's, it's mind boggling. It's because we have so much. And, and, and then I'm giving book bags and I'm people like, you know, and what's cool, you know, you talked about Bobby and you're right. I don't, and this is what I learned. And this is the problem with people. You can be wrong or you can tell somebody that they're messing up and still rock with. Like, and yep. I get people come from because, and it's an all or nothing thing. I get it. That man saved my life. Without Bobby Bowden, I'm probably selling, I'm probably killing people. I'm probably doing a lot of stuff. So like for every bag I give, you got to thank Bobby for that. And yeah, Bobby didn't vote for who you, who you wanted to, but at the end of the day, you can't deny the people that are out there because of him. Now, I will say that's also not him. So I don't really know what was going on toward the end. But Bobby, again, we talk about religion. Bobby took us to church two times a year. But Bobby never, the one thing I know Bobby loves is the Lord. Bobby never force fed me Jesus. So how the hell am I supposed to believe he's trying to force feed me a president? Now, he got a check to go up on that stage. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, dog. And I just told you guys about how, how his career ended. Man, before I give me 100000 <laughs> Might be tempted to walk up on that stage. Huh? <laughs> and, and for me, it's different because I have to look. Like, and I, I've told people this. For, and this is what's funny when I see people sell out. And you'll see me do this on Twitter. I'm like, you realize those Republican candidates that you sell out for don't really care about you, right? I'm not telling this to Democrats. I'm telling this to Republicans. I was like, they know where I stand. They want to meet with me. And I've actually turned down a few meetings because of the things that I do in the community. But if he would have been reelected, I would have been a fool to not have a meeting. Because at the end of the day, there are resources there. And he is the president. And I need that. Same thing with DeSantis. I don't agree with a lot of the things that he does. But he's also the governor. And I want to, I want, I am actively trying to pull people up. He may not be, but if he got 15, if he got 15 to $25,000 that can help me pull some people up, I am being, I'm, I'm being arrogant, not trying to get there. Now, what I'm not going to do is kiss ass and bootleg. Like, right. Again, that comes from Bobby. And if you really look at the, the people who are making an impact and who a lot of these people respect are the people who are being themselves through and through. And that's why I can connect on both sides because I'll change for nobody. I call them bloods and crips, um, distinguished bloods and crips because the way people talk about it, I see blue and I see red. Actually, I think yep. some of the bloods and crips are a little bit more honorable than some of the politicians. But again, I talked about Lenny Curry. Lenny Curry is a good friend of mine. He's a Republican. I tell Lenny when I don't agree with him. And you know what that makes Lenny do? 
respect me. But I don't tell yeah. him, I don't call him a dumbass. And he doesn't call me that because I won't, because again, I don't use rhetoric like that unless I'm ready to swing on you. And that's why I think the problem is with social media. Social media has made people so comfortable taking sides and it being all or nothing and using vernacular that we would only use when we're in the, the final stages to like try to end something. It's made people way too comfortable. When you can get doxxed, which I learned, that's a fancy term I learned where they can get your address, look up yep. through your Oh, yeah. And there are people that you really don't know where their mental state is. So, like, why are you talking to them like that and then playing victim? Like, that's just what that's something that I, I try not to do, even though but he, he ended up roasting himself um by having a really bad football, um football IQ and a football response. But <laughs> I try not to troll, or as I joke, I only troll on Fridays because I have time. Other right. than that doing way too many things to sit back and try to really down somebody when everything that I do is up. And again, if you don't believe it, don't believe what you read in message boards. Don't believe what you see with other people. Really go follow me at BigGameJames underscore 36. Because outside of random ass tweets, if I see somebody, there's a guy, Hish, with Miami. He has like, he's in military. Matter of fact, the first time that we connected is he was nervous because he had to go back on a boat to go over to Afghanistan. He smokes yeah, I know I I know Hish pretty well, actually. Hish yeah. smoked cigars. They do. What do. I sent him a box of cigars, Miami fan. Sent him a box. Then he has a company called like Patches or something. I don't know what the fuck to do with the patches, but he has I'm 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 retweeting them for Miami fans. He also has them for Gator fans. He has yep. business is seen. When I saw what Snell was doing, I'm making sure. That Snell is, you know, whatever he wants to do is being promoted. Because, again, and then what Snell did for me, like, during the quarantine, man, he gave me, like, a whole Sonny's meal. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. And what I did was I used my platform saying, hey, this is $30. You get, like, a whole turkey or something. You get a bunch of shit. But bottom line is that's $1,500 a month, like, what I did for him. And and it had nothing to do with him being a gator. It had everything to do with him being a solid person and doing something for the community. If you got a business, the dope ass, I'm just going to retweet it and I'm going to talk about it. Some of the stuff I talk about, like it's dope. And I've never even experienced it. It's just that I know the person or from what I've seen of the person is dope. I retweet podcast. I give people who talk shit about me more love because at the end of the day, I just want to see if you take because it doesn't matter what you say about me too, but if I see you a father, take care of your kids. This is something that you want to do, man. I want to make sure that you're still able to do what it is you yeah. do. So like I got again, I got thick skin, and I'm okay. I'm happy with where I'm at, and like I wish I didn't eat myself out of New Orleans. Probably wish I, I've never made that much money since since I've been gone. I um, there's a lot of things that I wish I could have done, but the reality is I got put in position to do a lot of dope ass things and I'm still getting put in a position to do dope things. So look at the things that you're doing. Look at the things that you're doing right now. I mean, um, that you have sports den that you're doing. Um, there's another, do you still do the 36 degrees? Do 36 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Almost died. So I had to chill on that, but, um, I guess so. (laughs) With Danielle. So like people, like I I don't want to do 36 degrees. And it's not because I don't like Danielle. Danielle told me her story of me getting 
The only reason we got the 50 cent check that makes everybody mad is because yeah. War Chant was supposed to hire me to do something. They didn't. I thought I might have been able to get into 247 with some stuff, and I couldn't. And then Gridiron Now started with 1010, and then Gridiron Now, they 1010 forced me to write for Gridiron Now. And then through Trolls, my I was getting on Bleach Report. I was going viral. I told some people, I'm like, shit, you think I care that you troll me? I'm buying Yeezy. I'm buying $500 shoes off of this one article. Please yep. keep trolling me because I got paid per click. So every thousand, every thousand clicks, I got like, I think it was, no, we found out the math. Every thousand clicks, I got a dollar. And I was getting millions of clicks. So I was getting paid. Then when Gridiron Now shut down, I didn't want to lose that revenue. Fifth quarter came to me and I said, you know what? Boom. We just, I don't even like writing articles. So what I did was they gave me a form. So now I get to basically text the information as it comes to me. Yep. And I'm getting paid what I got paid from Gridiron Now to continue to do what I'm doing. And it grew into a forum that only got hate because it was taking subscriptions from other people. It's America, it's the American dream. Like I just created a business and an entity because some because they wouldn't hire me. So when Danielle's trying to get into radio and get into sports radio, and she tells me her story, and I start listening to her, I'm like, okay, she kind of knows what she's talking about a little bit. Yep. You want I said, you set it up, you call me, we'll do the interview. I will be the person that will give you the clout to set yourself up to where people can view you as. I'll be that catalyst for you. I, I don't mind that. Like, it's like, you know, and and she's done a great job with it. And we've had this thing for, I think this is the third year. We're the only, <laughs> we're the only, what are they called? What did they say when I, when I fucked up? I, I did, I fucked up once. And and I shouldn't have gone in all in with the Bob Stoops thing. That was my bad rookie mistake. Won't ever do that. <laughs> I wasn't right. I wasn't, but I wasn't wrong. I always say that because of some of the conversations I've had. But um, we're the only oh non-reputable entity that's ever interviewed Coach Norvell. And from that, people think I hate Coach Norvell, but Coach Norvell got a good relationship with me. Coach Norvell knows my son. Like he's been all the, all the coaches know that I like all those coaches. I don't like three and six, and I'm gonna always be mad about three and six. The only time I like three and six is when I say. Is when I walk in the foyer in my house and I look to my left and I look to my right and I see my jersey. That's the only time I like three and I'm consistent. Yeah. But like um, as far as a man, he's dope. Um I like uh, you know, but but again, so my bad. So the 36 degrees podcast, those things start from me genuinely wanting to help someone that says they want to do what it is that I do, whatever the hell that means. Cause I don't really yeah. know how I do half the things that I do or why they've been successful. Well, but uh, and that's look. That's probably part of why. That's probably partly why they are successful. Because look, there's not a lot of genuine people left in this world. And I mean, that's that's a very that's a very broad stroke, like for me to say that. Because obviously, I don't know everybody in the world, but you can see it where you see it, however you want to see it. But you're a genuine cat, James, and you know. I don't really give – I don't care what people say about anybody else. I make my judgments on people when I meet them, when I talk to them, when I interact with them. Um, and that's probably why you're successful is because 
you genuinely are doing it. Obviously, you want to be in business to support your life and support your family. You know, that, that's that, that's a given. You can't just say, oh, I do it all out of the love of everything. We all have our moments. We all have our reasons that we do things. But if part of that reason is to genuinely affect people's life in a positive manner, then you can't go wrong. And I think that that's where you shine and how I've kind of like drawn to you as far as talking to you, like in the DMs and talking to you on Twitter and things like that is your, your genuineness just, it shows up. And I don't care what anybody else says about you. Um, even if you were a fullback, you know, and you got, you got fat in new Orleans, that happens to a lot of players, man. That's that's, you know, you eat your way right out of the league, dude. I haven't been in new Orleans since every time I've gone to new Orleans, I've left um, overweight and broke. Uh, <laughs> eight years old at a football game. So this is stuff that goes back to just where I remember. Gene Atkins had a football camp, but Gene Atkins was a, was a safety. He played for the Bucks and the Saints. Probably played for other teams. I don't remember. But he played at FAMU. And he had a football camp. And everybody who came to his football camp, he paid for us all to go, if we wanted to, to see New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. So we went, we, we, um, we loaded up on a Saturday, drove over, and then we came back right after the game on Sunday. Well, that night, we went to Discovery. No, yeah, we went to Discovery Zone. My mama gave me $100. I don't even know how she had that, but she gave me $100 for the trip. I blew all $100 at Discovery Zone. <laughs> we didn't go. Like, unless I had a friend that was what I consider rich, like my birthday parties was Little Caesars Pizza and water hoses and us roughing around. Oh, and the Publix cake. We always had, my mom would always give me Publix cream cheese icing cake, which I got to get because I didn't get it. I was in the hospital for my birthday. So I got to get me some of that. I know that you, your people going to be like, that's why his ass is fat now. But happy belated, happy belated birthday, by the way. I lost 40 pounds so I can eat some of that back. That but, chocolate cake. That yeah, chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> so, we go, I spend all this money. I'm lucky they buy us pizza, but they buy us like one or two slices of pizza a piece, but at least I ate. And then they bought us, I didn't eat, I think we had breakfast at the hotel. So I was lucky for that. Then we had, oh, he got us a hot dog, uh, a concession candy and a soda at the game. It's a four hour game. So then we leave. Eight hours, it's a 10-hour bus ride back to Tallahassee. I don't eat anything because I don't have any money. And that was how I left New Orleans the first time, eating a bunch of sugary, fatty foods, and I blew my $100 the first night. We went there for the Sugar Bowl. Um, they gave us $2,500 for our our, um, our stipend. We put us right on Bourbon. This is why we lost in Georgia. We were on Bourbon Street. Georgia was somewhere else. Like we literally are on Bourbon Street, like that Marriott. You get out, right? Bourbon Street's right there. You know, I found a dope chicken wing establishment, a strip club, and a couple good strippers, hand grenades, um, and they don't check any ID on Bourbon Street. Um, hurricane, all these different things I'm drinking. I leave with no money. I'm broke. And I, I need to lose weight <laughs> because I <I'll> eat. <laughs> this is when I, and then I went back when I was 22, found $5 plates. So they got five, $5. You get these plates and they fill it like all the way up to the top. So I'm eating 
and then I'm eating at the training table and I'm eating everywhere. This food is so, I, I had never, I found out about bread pudding when I came in the sugar bowl and I was ready for the best. I'm a bread pudding snob. So I'm eating all of this stuff. I'm also practicing the level that I practiced at Florida State. So I'm not burning calories like I used to. So I go from 260, 265, what they wanted me to be, to like 285, 290. And they're just like, hey, man, you know what? You know, this this relationship isn't working. So You got to go. You got to go. <laughs> um, I got a chance to pay the tax, which is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet that that's um uh I have a, a couple of acquaintances that uh play for the tent for the for the Tampa Bay Rays, but they've played in other cities with baseball where your taxes are are very different. You have state taxes and all that kind of stuff. But when you make that kind of money, like the, you don't even go to what your net pay is on like on your stub or in your you go right to the how much did they take in taxes and it's an unreal amount of money <laughs> it's, it's a lot funner the way i do it now is everything i do is 1099 now so yeah you pay me i get then i go talk to how accountant and then he tell, then he he um tells the government he's not paying on april 15th you're gonna pay on October 15th. This is what I told people. This is how I know you ain't making no money on Twitter. Because people don't know the difference between April 15th and October 15th. And then people also don't know the penalty that you could that you, and if the penalty ain't that bad, you don't even pay October 15th. You pay next October 15th with the mm-hmm. money that here. You delay that. You kick the you kick the can down the road for a little bit. But um I try not to do that. But October 15th, and then he just calculates all the write-offs. And then tells me what I owe, but like it's a lot better. I like it that way um, more than I like. It still hurts, but I like it more than I like. Um, yeah, well, taxes taxes hurt, period. But it's a lot better when you can control it. Right. If somebody else isn't taking it out for you. Yeah, I just see what I owe, not why. <laughs> not why you owe it. <laughs> the other, like, you see, like fifteen line items. You're like, who are these people and why? Yeah. Why? I mean, who are these people? So how can they, uh, uh, the listeners on the, on the show and we'll tweet out the stuff in links. Um, how can they get involved with your charity? How can they get involved with the MFTK charity? Um, the biggest thing right now is if you go to, um, James Coleman gives back.com, you can see the things that we're trying to do. And the next thing that we have coming up, it's really more of the holiday season gear. I got to get through my tailgate. My tailgate, all the proceeds go toward um, the MFTK Foundation. Um, but and then once we get the tailgate and we'll look at, we'll, we'll kind of check the books and, and kind of make sure the books are right so we can know how much we need to raise for our Thanksgiving drive. And then the STEM, the, the STEM camp, I'm doing a, so my Thanksgiving, one of the things, if you've never seen the movie New Jack City, watch it. There's a character called Nino Brown. Nino Brown stands on the back of like a, of a delivery truck and he's throwing turkeys to the hood. If you've never got a chance to have your Nino Brown moment, you need to have your Nino Brown moment. It's very fulfilling. And I consistently be able to do that. So the Thanksgiving, we're going to give Thanksgiving meals out that Sun, that Saturday or that, I think Saturday and Monday. So we're going to do it twice. But um, my goal is to give away, um, I gave 100 birds away last year. My goal is to give 300 birds away, but there'll be a full meal. So they'll get the turkey or a ham. They'll get the stuff in, all the other 
all the other jazz collard greens. Uh, hopefully we'll have more fresh produce this year than we had last year. But that costs about roughly that, the STEM camp, and then the Christmas drive are about $15,000, $15,000 to $20,000. But if you go to the website or if you DM me, you can find out exactly how to pay. Um, we are, I think we have our 501c3 now, but if we don't, I know it's it's sitting on somebody's desk. It's any day now. So I'll give you the, I'll give you the write-off. Trust me. Right. But that's kind of what we do. And then next year, uh, we're going to have our mentor mentor academy where we're going to actually take young men. I can't help young women. Oh, a woman who wants to help young women. Just the way the climate is, ain't nobody from the Cosby me. But um, <laughs> um, take these young men and they'll be athletes. They don't have to be great athletes, but they'll be athletes. We're going to work on their academics. We're going to work on conflict resolution because I don't want them acting like some of you guys act on Twitter. I want them to be understanding of the environment and the situation that they're in. We're going to work on brand building, like to, like to help walk them through how to become who they are. And then we're going to also develop them as an athlete. So we'll, we'll have training sessions. We'll have different things to make them better athletes. So when that product comes, because again, with the NIL, I have a NIL, I have a name, image, and likeness company that will help oversee this with these young men. But we're going to take them and let them understand that their brand is what's going to make them money when their legs can no longer. When the minute right. that our mind can make me more money than my legs is when I was, um, is when I really got, got to rocking good. Yeah. Well, I, I want to congratulate you on all the stuff that you've accomplished and all the stuff that you do. Um, most of your charity things, um, I've been involved with special Olympics since I was in high school. Um, that was always a thing for me because I have a family member, uh, that was involved with, uh, special Olympics. Uh, my grandmother raised me, along with my mother. She was very much into adult literacy. So I grew up with a family that was always giving back to their community and always doing the best to help other people that it couldn't or didn't know how to help themselves. And, uh, um, you know, I don't know you well enough to say uh, probably, but I'm proud of you of who you are and what you do because, uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot out there like you. And that's part of why I wanted to talk to you and, and get you on the show. Um, you're a super interesting guy and you're doing just all kinds of great stuff. Uh, what do you got planned for sports then coming up for the season? Well, like, uh, what are you doing? Three, we're three days a week. Um, we're all digital right now. Um, so you got to go to underscore live or go to Sports Den on, um, on YouTube. We'll probably revamp the website here shortly, but following me or Denny, Denny Thompson is probably the easiest way to do it. Um, you know, we, we didn't know what we were going to do, but a lot of the community support and a lot of the, like, we didn't realize how how much people rocked with us until, like, I was down. And what's, what's messed up is they were demanding that we have sports in, and I'm literally hooked up to tubes in the hospital. And I'm like, I don't even have the strength to respond to you guys, but, man, it was so much. But we're going to do that three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, preferably, probably maybe Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and then we're going to do instant reactions to Jags game. But we, we're going to also – it's going to be more of a network. So we're going to have other shows. So 36 Degrees will obviously be on the Den Media Group page. Um, you'll see Inside Drills, which is something that me and Freddie Stevenson just started, where we're just going to talk about whatever topics that we're going to do from – I just I just saw him um, – I, I, I saw that today, actually. 
um, when I was at before I, that you had Freddie on that you guys were together on sports den. So I'll have to check that. I hadn't had time to like dive into what you were talking about, but I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's real. Cause Freddie, Freddie's a good cat too, man. That's a good dude. Too, that I help support. And again, it's all, that's what it's all about. Again, that's what I'm doing. So like he needed a, a book hookup with the book bag vendor. I made sure that he was able to go. I said, go get these book bags for what you want to do. And then we were going to give food, but again, I, I was down, so I couldn't really, we couldn't really do much. And we had to push my book bag driver, Jacksonville, back to the same thing. I didn't even go to mine in Jacksonville, but I have a yeah. great that's bigger than me. But, um, but you know, that's really what we're doing with the sports then. Um, if you're somebody who's really trying to, you know, get active in the Jacksonville media um, market and you have a creative idea, you know, just, just hit me up. And what I'll do is, at worst, I'll coach you up through it. And then that's your show. Like, one thing I always tell people is, we were blessed by 1010, even though it didn't work out, to, to, for them to never demand us assimilate our show into their network. We always owned our show. So what I tell people is, like, I can't, even if I own your name and your idea, I can't own your essence. So, like, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't have any value to me. But, but me taking what you got, giving you a little bit of coaching and helping you be who you are, and if that gives you the platform to be able to do what you want to do, you do yeah. it. I always say, I mean, your podcast, you're interesting. But I always tell people, like, the last thing the world really, truly needs is another podcast. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it in a manner in which at least you'll rock with your podcast. A lot of these right. people even listen to their own podcast. So I'm like, why would you expect me to listen to something that you don't truly and fully believe in? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I, I've always said that the minute – the, the minute that doing this becomes other, anything other than just it, it's fun and I'm engaged in it and I enjoy doing it and I enjoy talking to the people that I'm talking to, uh, that the minute that happens, that that no longer exists and I shouldn't be doing it because then it's just, you know, it's like it becomes a machine and I don't want to be involved in a machine. Like, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy it. I want to be thrilled about it. I want to look forward to talking to somebody and, and meeting somebody and, and interacting. And the, the minute that's not there, I just won't do it anymore. Cause right. then it, 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 and you can tell when that happens, you can tell when people that are doing projects like this and like what you're doing and other people are doing, you can tell the minute they become disinterested in their own project because it shows up immediately in the product that you're pushing out. True. So I, I, I won't, you're absolutely right. I won't do that. You got to be engaged in it. Um, I know that you got a show coming up that you have to do, so we'll, we'll wrap this up. I don't want to get too far. And I had my lights off because it was supposed to be sunny still. It was like a giant thunderstorm out, and my light switches all the way to the other side of the room. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll just turn my flashlight on. That'll be good enough. <laughs> so thanks, James. I really appreciate you hopping on. Um, uh, you can catch James on Twitter at uh, – what's your Twitter handle, James? At Big Game James underscore 36. You got Big Game James underscore 36. Underscore. You got to put the underscore. Big Game James 36 was a terrible person, and Twitter gave him the death penalty after his first offense. So I have no idea who he is. I'm not affiliated with that guy. I just finally <laughs> reached 10,000 followers, and then somebody pulled the plug on him or dropped a dime on him. If, you, if there's a $1,000 reward, if you can tell me, who dropped the dime on my dog at Big Game James underscore 30? Big Game James. 
But until then, at Big Game James underscore 30, 36 is my handle. Right on. <laughs> All right, James, take care of yourself, man. I'm very glad that you recovered from the COVID um, that you had. It's uh, it's affected a lot of people that I know. I fortunately have dodged it, and but I know a lot of people that have have had it really bad. So I'm I'm happy that you that you made it out. I hope you just continue to get better. No cigars. Can you promise me? Can you promise me? I don't. I don't know who your doctor is. I'll find out who your doctor is, and I will call him. I'm not touching the cigar, and I've given myself to Notre Dame weekend to Labor Day, and even then, okay. if I'm if I'm not good, I'm not gonna smoke a cigar. Now I will be doing right. my spots with thehumidor.com because thehumidor yeah. pays me very well to do those spots. And if you would, <laughs> thehumidor.com type in sports then at checkout for 20 percent off but but you know there you go plug it man push it push it baby um but it's a it's a high it's a it's a relaxing thing but like right now i'm so focused on getting my health back man that i i I can't drink either so like this is just it's not torture but it's like man i want to go taste that and then smoke a cigar and relax but i'm not in any room those things i'm um, all right just so you just so you know so like if Don't you see my picture that's an old picture that's from a year ago so that's not me now see here's a funny thing i was looking up pictures to do the trailer for this and i kind of knew that you hadn't been feeling good um but i saw a picture that was fairly recent with you sitting in a chair in your chair that you're always in smoking your cigar and i'm like what is that motherfucker doing smoking a cigar like three days ago? You got to be shitting me. And uh, like, so now that makes sense. They're old. They better be old pictures. I'm just yeah, telling you. I haven't, I honestly haven't smoked a cigar since July 20th. I remember. Right. The- <laughs> I remember the day. I have it on the calendar. My last cigar. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on and talk to me about all stuff FSU and and good old Bobby and, and what you've got going on in your world and all the charity stuff and the good things that you do. Um, take care of yourself, brother. I hope you get better soon. Um, and I wish FSU loses every single game and they go 0 and 12 and the program folds and you're left with field hockey. Hey man, listen, the feeling is mutual. It is no defeat. Especially well. Especially the fighting Willie Taggart's game one. No, oh, yeah. Like- <laughs> uh, we're going to drop 50 on Willie's head. I'm just telling you right now. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> All right, James. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Uh, I'll shoot you a message when we're going to release this one and retweet it for me and all that kind of stuff and say wonderful uh, things about me because that's like nobody else in my life does. My wife, I think my wife hates me right now. She hates me today because I think I broke the dishwasher. But that's the whole, yeah, I know. It's the, the even the day didn't go well, James. I'm telling you, it didn't go well. So I appreciate it, man. Take care of yourself and, uh, and we'll see you around. We'll talk about some media stuff maybe uh, later on if you want to. All right, man, no doubt, man. Anytime. I'll go around mass. Just hit me up. You know, you know how to get it. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. Have fun on your show tonight. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come on and fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away Come fly with me, let's float down
down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come on, fly with me. Let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there.